So I saw you were at the Golden Gloves this this year, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> wow, what was that like? And I actually it was kind of hyped up a little bit because I have a good friend and he was invited, so I was there the night before. So we he he kind of showed me the sets and everything as mm-hmm. we were setting up. So I wasn't like, in all honesty, and you know that's what it's all about being transparent, right? So I just went there, yeah. you know, I posted some stuff, and then it's up to people. I guess they got overly excited. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> really? Do you do you go to those kind of events often? Those big uh, events? Not really. I cannot say mm-hmm. that. I'm I'm pretty, you know, laid back. I let my work speaks speak for itself. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's, I mean, I've been you know to a few events, nothing like Golden Globe or Oscars or anything. But who knows what what's waiting in the future, right? Yeah, definitely. Um. So you're a photographer, right? And a lot of people, you know, we asked um, our fans to send in some questions. And, like, everyone's really wondering how you got your start in photography. You know, when did this all happen? Um, I was I was 18. And I was always artistically inclined. I like drawing. It runs in the family, right? So I was 18. I finished high school. My grandma gave me kind of like 150 bucks. And for some reason, I used like the next day, I just went to the, you know, I, I lived in a very small place in Sweden, northern Sweden. So mm-hmm. we, me and a friend went to the next town over and I bought a used camera. So that's, that's how I got started. I loved bodybuilding. So I remember the first images was me taking pictures of these athletes in like Muscle and Fitness Magazine. True story. And you know, just a few years later, I was actually working with that particular guy or was supposed to do it. So it's, it's kind of interesting, right? But it, right. It, it just came in, you know, I was into sports, lifting weights and stuff like that. And, and um, just photography was lots of fun. So that's how I got started. So I think everything happens, you know, when you have a passion or you start having a, a passion, it's like, the more you practice and do things, the more fun it becomes, right? Right. Did you like ever have any other aspirations or was it always just kind of like inclined towards photography? No, I, I mean, I, uh, I had applied to university. I was accepted. I was going to uh, read economy as my major. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, I, I was, you know, you, you know that I was a foster kid, right? So I was yeah. uh, staying with his family. So at 18, you know, they said, yeah, you, it's like pretty much you got to go, right? It's like mm-hmm. we, we can't have you anymore because they don't get any more grants from the state. So I, uh, I finished high school and then I, I applied to like a course, like a, get like a one-year college, kind of a college thing. This mm-hmm. is Sweden, right? And during that time, uh, we had an internship like a five-week internship. So I applied to two different companies. I got both positions, but I got uh, the position with a, um, a fitness magazine. So, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, fitness and bodybuilding was my big, big passion at the time. So while being there, that's when I, I got a chance to 
you know, flex some muscles and, and, and do a story because I asked them, you know, is it okay? Can I write a story, shoot a story? And they said, sure. So that's what I did. They published it. And, and that was like a moment where, you know, it's like everything came together and I felt like, wow, this is what I want to do. Really? You just shot like, was it just a story that you shoot someone? Yeah, I shot two athletes, a guy and a girl. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like a training story. Uh-huh. I don't remember the details, but I remember and I shot it and I wrote this. I wrote this story about them, and it got published, and and it gave me such a like, it was such a strong connection somehow. When I, when I saw those images and my article in print, it was like, wow, you know, this felt it felt like yeah. me. Like it, it was very honest. It's like, yeah, I felt like if I do a good job, I'm going to look good. If I don't do a job not so good, you know, I will be responsible for that too. But it kind of, it kind of fitted my personality in a way. Mm-hmm. And like, what happened after that? Did everything just kind of grow <clears throat> into position? You just kept getting new jobs, or what no? So, so what happened? I, um, you know, I did my internship and applied for a job and said, "Yeah, we can't, we cannot give it to you because I didn't have uh, like any schooling. I used new basic stuff of photography that I learned on my own, like after mm-hmm. a year." Uh, I got the camera. I was eighteen. This was at nineteen. You know that I, I was going to be nineteen when I when I did that internship. So I applied to a school, like a one year and like a basic course. Of, so while I was doing that, you know, I I kind of learned what I needed. And when I was done, you know, they took me out at the magazine, and I started like a reporter. So I was doing all these articles and because you needed to have images and and that's what i did i, I was kind of illustrating the images it, like the stories myself so that's how i got into more and more into photography and that's what i loved that my love was photography and, and was that yeah, in sweden or, or in la yeah, that, that was in sweden actually oh so, really? the, so the big magazines start seeing my stuff you know so uh-huh. I start getting published. The publisher like sent my images abroad to like North America. There was magazines in Canada and the US, mm-hmm. of course. And they saw my work and my my stuff started popping up. So I was like, "Wow!" Right, so like, and, like, and you yes. were just completely self-taught, right? <clears throat> I I did have like the year in school, photo school. Okay, where where I kind of learned the basics about lighting and developing film doing prints and stuff but the rest i would say i learned on my own i, I did mm-hmm. uh, assist a photographer a little bit later on for like a year and that kind of gave mm-hmm. me more you know to see how life is on set and uh, you know working with big campaigns you know clients and stuff like that but i would say i've learned a lot on my own actually so i'm very mm-hmm. hands-on right and so when did you move to la so I mean I so I worked at the magazine for a couple of years, two three years. Um, I applied to work for an, a photographer um, in Stockholm, a fashion photographer. So I worked with him for a year, and after that, uh, me and my wife we you know wrote a letter to Joe Weider, who was a, a big publisher in Los Angeles. We came over here in ninety nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. so that was the first time. So. I had a chance to work with them. So I came to the U.S. in 90, in the spring of 1990, me and my wife. You know, she was my girlfriend at the time. And prior to that, you know, we had 
I had communicated by letter. There was no email at the time, right? Uh-huh. I lettered with Joe Weider, who was a, a big publisher here on the West Coast. He had magazines like Muscle Fitness, Shape, Men's Fitness, and so forth. And he said, you know, I said, I just wrote to him. I said, my dream is to come and work for you. And I said, yeah, come over. You know, we'll, we'll make it work. And Joe was, uh, I started lifting weights when I was 16. So he became kind of like a, a father figure for me. So it was a mm-hmm. big deal. So my dream was to come to the U.S. and work with him. It was like... Mm-hmm. Top, like <laughs> shooting for the stars, so to speak. So I, I came over. Uh, we worked f- with him for six months. I was here, like in the US. And life always throws you curveballs, right? So it mm-hmm. didn't work out. Okay. So, really? <laughs> so I was like, uh, yeah, it was a little bit politics. You know, you come, someone comes from the outside. Uh-huh. And of course, you know, the art directors and everything, and I'm not a victim here or anything, but it's just, it is just this, it's just human behavior, right? So the art director, he rather work with his own people and, you know, that's just how it goes, right? So it was a little bit of a letdown to come over from Sweden to here. And I don't know what I was hoping to find, right? My place in the world, whatever, but um, we moved back to Sweden and I was like, that's it. <laughs> I'm done with bodybuilding photography and, you know, I started shooting more commercials. I was starting to shooting more fashion, stuff Mm -hmm. like that, like back in Stockholm. But of course, you know, it's like if destiny has, you know, God has a plan for you, you know, you might think you, you have your own plan, but it's, that's not how it works. So uh, I made some really good contacts with, uh, especially one art director at one of the magazines that I shot for. So he called mm-hmm. me like a year later and said, like, would you, I, I have a new client. Would you be interested in sending your portfolio? So I did that. And then, and this was the World Wrestling Federation, you know, like Vince McMahon and WWE, yeah. right? So they, they went into publishing at that time. This was like early 90s. So I, I got the job. So I started shooting for Vince McMahon. And... Um, they decided they they ran this magazine for two and a half years. It was like a federation for bodybuilders. They had all mm-hmm. wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. So I um, I came over, shot for them. It was it was in a fantastic period, you know, with all the resources or the people and all that stuff. So it was real fun. But they decided to kind of close the magazine. So I, I went back to Sweden. So and then this <laughs> art, yeah, the art director that I knew he moved on, of course, to another magazine. Uh-huh. And while I was with the WWE, I was kind of, this was a competitor to this Mr. Joe Weider that I mentioned earlier. And so there was some bad blood there. I was uh, blackballed, blacklisted. And and so it was hard for me. I, could, I couldn't go back to him at the time. So and this art director friend of mine, he started with a new client. So I came back. So I was trying to move to the U.S. for like five, six times. Yeah. But finally came came over here like end of the nineties, like ninety nine. So I've been here mm-hmm. since. So it's like twenty years. Wow. So, so what's the story behind that? You 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 can never give up. So yeah, it's like <laughs> sometimes I kept trying for nine yeah, years. Yeah, I kept trying. I, I was giving up, and somehow I was pulled back into the sports, like a fitness and bodybuilding, and um, you and know, that's where you wanted to be, right? Yeah, I, I love the sports. I like the camaraderie and, 
you know, uh, I was feeling like I want to be the best photographer in the world in bodybuilding. So that was, I, I was a very ambitious person, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I, I got the shot, I got the chance. So, you know, I made, I made a name for myself. So I, I had an opportunity to work with so many people. It's like amazing how blessed I've been. Yeah. And, you know, always, you know, pushing to be better mm-hmm. and, you know, progressing. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, it's funny when you when I think back about it, I was 18, I, like photography, I wouldn't say it fell into my lap because I took the first step to buy a camera. And I think that goes with anything. You have to take initiative, right? But mm-hmm. it's like I'm doing the same thing today. So it's, it's incredible, right? Yeah. And when, like when you first started, when you were 18 and, you know, you decided to like kind of get into photography, were you ever worried like, you know, maybe this isn't going to work out. Maybe I should find another can career it, or it, anything like can that. I, can I tell you something? I believe it's like just follow your heart, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you, you can't control life anyway. Life is going to put you wherever you need to go anyway. I mean, the only thing you can do is if you love something, just go for it. You know, you can't control the outcome. But the only thing you can do is your best if it's meant to be and you're doing your best. Everything is going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, that's a blessing too, because there's something better waiting for you. You know what I'm saying? So at that age, it's like usually, you know, a person changes career so many times over a lifetime. I've been very, very blessed, but but I've been very, very focused too. You know, I I put in a huge amount of hours Mm -hmm. into what I'm doing. and, And, you know, it's kind of extreme in a way, right? But just follow your heart, you know. Don't, yeah. don't let yourself be so pushed into a corner. Of course, you should listen to your your parents, but it's very important that you listen to yourself too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I mean, anything, anything is possible. Anything is mm-hmm. possible. You got to work on it. You got to work hard. Mm-hmm. So, when did you get your first like big client that like was a big a big move for you? Who was it? You know, with getting that, landing that job at BK Sports Magazine in Sweden, Mm -hmm. that was like, uh, that was like huge. And, you know, I had the opportunity to, I kind of almost turned that magazine to my own portfolio. Mm -hmm. So, of course, when you, when, when you have something like that, um, it's like for an artist, it's important to have a patron. And, and if you look at any artistic, you know, any artist, you know, painters, um, musicians or photographers, you know, if you have a patron that is kind of helping you out, that that is such a help, you know, because this way you don't have to, you know, you still have to do the work, but you don't, you don't have to be totally occupied just thinking of money to surviving, right? Yeah. So, so that was, that was a big help for me. So the first, the first job, you know, the magazine, you know, it was a full-time you know, photographer and reporter on that magazine. Uh, pay wasn't awesome, but it was, you know, I did what I loved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that opened doors to me. So I came to the U.S. the first time and opened more doors. And when I came back, you know, slowly, slowly, you know, you, I had the opportunity to work with, like within my industry, the best athletes, right? Mm-hmm. And then in turn, kind of, you know, then you start getting work for companies and stuff like that. So um, I don't know if we can. I mean, it was huge when I started shooting for WWE. There, there was, of course, it was like a big client, you know, a big job. 
Yeah, how did and that happen? How did you get that job? It's it just comes by you know Triple H, um, big fan of bodybuilding. You know he saw he saw me, my work that I had published in magazines like the, this particular magazine that I was under contract with. Mm-hmm. And the magazine was like a portfolio for me, so he saw that. So he kind of reached out, and he oh, booked really? me private. He reached out to you. Yes, he reached out to me. So, oh, wow. yeah. So I, you know, he wanted me to come to Stanford, like in Connecticut, not far away from New York. And I think I was there for a job for. Um, it's, I'm a little bit. I don't remember the details, but anyway. So I had the chance to work with him, and I, I made sure to, you know give it my all and and we kind of established a great working relationship and after that it was like starting calling me and you know i did a lot of their pay-per-view uh, artwork uh-huh. you know like big big matches they they had the posters for it and so forth so it was it's amazing wow so, I, yeah yeah that's amazing i mean did you to think of like having, you know, such a big client, like a big responsibility. Were you nervous during that first shoe of like messing up? Of course. It's like, um, I remember like the first time starting to shoot people. It was, it was tough, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, as a photographer, there's a lot of moving things all the time. You, you got to kind of keep an eye on the talent, you know, so they don't get bored or, you know, keep the mood up. There's technical aspects you got to think of. The lighting is good. The camera is working. You have a client on set. They have, you know, you have to communicate with them. So it's a little bit, but I think it, you kind of ease into it. It's like everything is just practice. And the key is to kind of just be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. right. So, so nowadays, you know, in the beginning, it's always stressful, of course, but you just got to, it's like, I'm sure it's stressful for a football player, a professional football player, or an athlete, or whatever. You just you know? have to deal with it. You got to deal with it. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, that's how you work, and I think it's just focus on what's having fun, right? You know, mm-hmm. of course, you're going to be there's a big responsibility, but if you're stressing out, I guarantee you the shoot is not going to come out great. Yeah. So have have you ever of, had a bad shoot? That uh, just things yeah. were not going well. I mean, I have had shoots like uh, some celebrities that I shot. There was very, you know, what, what's important at least for me, and I, I can't speak for other photographers, but it's like it's kind of important that my voice get heard because it's like there's a reason why the client is booking me because they like my style, right? They they have trust in me. But sometimes you you work with powerful people that is kind of starting to ride you. And, you know, that, but when that happens, I remember like in the beginning, like one of the bigger ones that I had from the beginning, it was, it was tough, you know, because it's like, they start writing you and, and, and you kind of losing the control of the shoots. It was like the shots came out okay, but it was more like emotionally. It was, it was kind of tough. Yeah. It was a a tough experience, but that taught me something. There's always lessons and undoings, you know, you learn stuff and it's like, you can never give away your control. I mean, you got to be the captain of the ship. You know, of course, you got to mm-hmm. listen to what your client wants and wherever you shoot. But you kind of, you kind of, yeah. you have to stay your ground. So to speak. yeah. And is it is it is it intimidating sometimes when you're up against these like huge celebrities and you know you obviously have to be in control. So it's yeah, a, like a, yeah, in the beginning. Power struggle? Yeah, and I wouldn't say power struggle because it's kind of. Um, 
it's not like their egos are clashing because, because mm-hmm. this is the thing. My mindset as a photographer is it's my job. I, I want for my own sake, I want my work to look the best for the client. I want the client to look the best and I want the talent to look the best. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's, I'm not looking to do, you know, if you have that mindset and you work with someone, you want someone to absolutely look the best and they feel that you're putting in their work that you care of course, they're going to be, it takes a lot for them not to kind of work together towards a vision, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm always, uh, you know, the first time, of course, it, it's, you learn as you go. I mean, it's, it's not like you can come from a school bench. Let's say you, you learn a lot of the, your book smart when you come out in real life, there is stuff you can't be taught. I mean, you got to experience it and grow that way. So like in the beginning, of course, I met some powerful people, like big people. But I, I just think, you know, if I myself, you know, I do my best, you know, why wouldn't they love to shoot with me, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. I don't yeah, know. I just, think a lot of people, like, have a, you know, they, when shooting against, like, important people or just talking to, like, big people, they get, I don't know, they try to be someone different in order to get them to like them. Um, so it's important to be yourself in that aspect. That you yes, have. always, too. It's like, you think about it. You want to be J-Lo, you want to be someone else, you know. It's like, you can never beat the original. There's not a chance. So be your own original. Mm-hmm. Be comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And, you know, you, there's, you know, you never have to play. You just got to be you. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it could be tough when you're younger because you look up to people. You think that's the way you're supposed to be but i I, i've never been into playing games or anything i'm just like i'm very transparent like this is me right Mm -hmm. and and i think people respect that yeah that's great um so obviously i I think one of your biggest clients probably has been like dwayne johnson you know the rock so can you tell me like when did you first shoot for him and like how did you guys meet and you know how did it go i first time i met him i think it was like 20 10 2011 he did a comeback right so yeah <laughs> yeah he, he was prepping for a comeback you know he i think he kind of retired it in early From wrestling right yeah wrestling uh-huh, i did remember his that. movie stuff and then he was doing a comeback so it's kind of a fun story because i was working it was well established within the wwe so i the trick is like whenever you it's like when you work with a company it's fun when you deal directly with the owners or like the higher ups. It's like it makes work so much easier, right? Because there's mm-hmm. always office politics, office politics, right? So yeah. So I already had shot a lot of their pay per views, like the posters and stuff like that. So whenever I went to like a wrestling arena, you know, a lot of people knew who, who I was. So it's like, yeah, there comes Triple H photographer, right? So everybody. Oh really? To... Yeah, so it was really cool. So oh, wow. I remember uh, John Cena and um, and Triple H, like D- uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, they were going to do a match at WrestleMania. And they needed to promote this show, right? Mm-hmm. So this was, uh, I think it was like, um, like late summer or, or early fall of 2011. Uh, am I right? It's, I'm, I'm a little bit, yeah, it's, I think it was yeah, 2011, 2010. We could check it out. But anyway, so uh, they had... I was shooting John Cena one day, and then I was shooting Dwayne on the next day. So they rented a really nice uh, 
space uh, a rental studio up in uh, Culver City. It was a pretty famous at the time, still is, Smashbox. And um, so I did my thing. I set everything up. And DJ comes in and he's like, shit, is it you, Pear? I didn't know you were shooting it. And this is the first time <laughs> I met with him. And he's like, oh, it's such an honor to meet you. You know, I love Muscular Development Magazine. And and Muscular Development Magazine is like a, it's a bodybuilding magazine, right? Uh-huh. So I, w- I was like totally blown away. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect something like that. So, so it was fun. So, in in all honesty, he didn't come. He wasn't like he didn't look like what it looks today, right? But so he yeah. came in. He didn't have time to you know diet down, get his six pack going. So, mm-hmm. so we actually did a do over. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but it, it. And I shouldn't talk too much about it. But anyway, so. It was awesome to shoot him the first time, and and then, uh, you know, they started, and I shot um, John Cena as well, like the day after, and they superimposed it, like facing off, right? And yeah. and DJ, he's such a perfectionist, right? So okay. I get a call back from WWE, like maybe two, three weeks later, and it's like, like yeah, DJ wasn't happy, you know, he want he wants to reshoot, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we did a reshoot, and what he did. In such a short time was unbelievable. It looked totally different. So I think it was he did the right thing. By so, reshooting. Yeah. So you know, Rashad, he he had a chance, he went back to the gym, you know, he probably worked out a couple of times a day, super strict diet, and he came he came back and it looked phenomenal, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you know, we through WWE you know, I shot him a couple of times after that. And then I started working for Muscle and Fitness, the the magazine that I worked with, like in the early 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, the art director, not like the publisher or the uh, editor-in-chief, sorry, the editor-in-chief, he was good friends with uh, Dwayne. So he's he set up a couple of sheets for Muscle and Fitness when we shot covers and stuff. So, and then... Um, you got in touch with Under Armour. So, so I've been doing, I've been very blessed. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm shooting, yeah. you know, I've been shooting the, his uh, uh, campaigns for, you know, Project Rock. That's what they call his line, right? Yes. So I've been doing that for them now for like two years. Wow. And he, yeah. And he's kind of, of all the bodybuilders I've shot, he's like one of the most intense guys, very hard worker. Really, is he's fully focused in, in the gym? Yeah, and it's it's like he comes in and he he's a top top athlete. It's not, I don't think people realize it's like he's working as hard as like the top top elite athletes. Mm-hmm. So you know, for you know, when so when we shot in the gym, it's like you you have to really you know just following around in the gym nonstop for two hours, just working out. It's like it's intense. Wow! Yeah, really. Yeah, I've always wondered because he seems like <laughs> such an intense guy. Like, oh, he's an intense. Yeah, that's crazy. So what he always says is like, be the like the hardest worker in the room, and just by saying that, that's that's actually the secret sauce behind being successful, and that mm-hmm. is like always be the hardest worker in the room. So that's mm-hmm. a is a great advice for any young person, right? Yeah, like be the best version of you. In order to become the best version of you, it takes discipline, right? Mm-hmm. And then you just gotta work your ass off. Can't be, you can't half-ass it, so to speak. Part of exactly. my French. Wow. And I mean, 
Is he is he an intimidating guy in person? Super you know? nice, one of the nicest guy I ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, remember, you know, when being at big shoots, he goes up to everybody, he introduces himself. You know, it's super personal. So he says yeah. hi to everybody on set. So I'm gonna say it's mind blowing. That's respectable. Yeah. Were you ever? Has there ever been someone you've been starstruck by when you met them? Uh, I mean, I shot Fifty Cent. It was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't use the. I'm. I'm kind of respect. You know, I have respect. I wouldn't say I've been dumbfounded in any way. So it's kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm me, right? Right. And uh, it's like a respect for them. I used to know that. Off the bat, you gotta, you gotta get a good. Um, when when they they meet you for the first time, you gotta give them a good impression. So I, you know, you just go full out. Yeah, so, yeah, you can't be, professional be shy, it. right? Uh huh. Of course. So of you course. have like those seconds to do a first impression, and and that's what you're gonna work on throughout the shoot. So they find, oh, this this guy is interesting. This is gonna be fun because you're gonna remember these people. They've shot with so many. Guys, so it's like you have to show that you're interested. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to make them look awesome, and you know you're hardworking, lots of energy, right? Yeah, and like all these successful like celebrities that use shoe and bodybuilders, what what kind of traits do you think they have that are like really common in almost all of them? Um, it's like the common thing they want to be the best version of themselves. Very competitive. And, and I think they take every, so what I'm seeing with successful people is whenever they get an opportunity, they jump on it and they, they actually execute on it. Even if it doesn't lead to anything, they execute on it. So it's Mm -hmm. like, if you get an email from, you know, just answer right away. So it's like, I've been dealing with some big CEOs, super responsive. I mean, it could be me because, you know, I have a good relationship with them, but they don't wait. They just go for it, and and um, yeah, yeah, there's there's time. not like they don't have that self doubt that a lot of people have. They just go for it, mm-hmm. and even they if you don't do know everything, and you know they told me it's like even if you don't have all the details and everything, things always you know you can work out the details. Just kind of jump head in, right? Mm-hmm. Just get the opportunity and just go yes. for it, right? Yes, and create your mm-hmm. own opportunity. Be Kind of, um, and we're talking to young people. You have young listeners, right? So yeah, it's like just think like this. It's like what makes you excited? What makes you excited is energy, right? When someone comes out, they greet you with a big smile, open arms. Mm-hmm. So that's the best thing to be. You know, just be positive. Yeah, yeah. Um. A lot of people really just wanted to ask, you know, like what, what advice do you have for someone that's like interested in becoming a photographer and, you know, making it successfully? I, think like, I, I wouldn't just say like whatever you want to become. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, always great to have the genetics, genetics or the talent, right? For something, mm-hmm. but that's just half the battle. I think, the big thing is to work at it and be relentless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you got to ask yourself, so what does it take to be successful? It takes hours of work, very hard work and dedication. Um, 
you you need in order to kind of give it all you need to be interested of something right do you have to have a passion otherwise it's like if your parents want you to do something and your heart isn't in it it's going to be hard to succeed and find mm-hmm. happiness so i find is like key is to work hard at something and have passion obviously super important and yeah. then always kind of pushing just push forward. Always try to get better all the time. Don't be like, if I look back at myself, you know, in the beginning, I've always been very hard at myself. Maybe in the beginning it was in a negative way because if I wasn't happy with the outcome of a shoot or like picture doesn't look, you know, or some technical stuff and anything, I, I was beat myself down. But you're always going to get a new chance. So you do your best, do your very best, be the hardest worker in the room. And, you know, the result, what you're going to find is like for each year, for each week, month, whatever, your work is going to improve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if having work ethics, right, morals, uh, good habits, being kind, don't be like um, arrogant or ignorant, you know, just be respectful. I think that yeah. opens up a lot of doors. Yeah, definitely. Because like people like to, you know, people like passionate people, people that is, um, they want to go places and that still is like nice, nice folks, right? Hmm. So I think it's kind of just treat others the way you want to be treated yourself, right? Yeah. And as a, as like you as a teenager, what was your mindset like? Were you a hard worker, would you say? Or were you kind of like not oh, sure? Oh, listen, I was a foster kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like I felt pretty alone in the world in a way, right? I had siblings, but they didn't live where I was, right? The family was split up. So I was like a foster kid from age six until I moved out when I was I just turned 19, right? Mm-hmm. So... When I was 13, I started doing summer jobs and um, started making my own money. And that's when the survival instinct kicked in because I, I knew that I have a future. I can take care of myself, right? I can make money. So yeah. I think that survival instinct was a very strong drive in me. And I, and I assure you, a lot of top athletes, boxers and everything, a lot of people that are successful, if you start looking... You know, are those the people that has the easiest upbringing with a mom and dad and, you know, a perfect childhood? No. A lot of times there was a lot of adversity, right? Yeah. So it's all, I wouldn't say, this might sound crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if you did a poll, if you start looking at the statistic, you're going to see there's a lot of top people. They had a a tough childhood, a tough upbringing, Mm -hmm. but it gave them that drive that you need to have in order to succeed. Yeah, it gives you that survival instinct. 100%. Then, mm-hmm. And it's like if you can learn to kind of harness that energy, you know, you could get so much done mm-hmm. you, because you're not complacent. You got to, you know, you just learn to work hard. And I always say if you learn to work hard at a young age, when you get older, you mean hard work doesn't, you know, it's nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I told you that we had a conversation earlier. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you get an early start, 
yeah, most kids, you know, it's like young men and women, you know, maybe they don't work summer jobs or they, they, they don't know what real life is until they graduate maybe at age 23, 24 and used to, and that's going to be a shock. It's like throwing someone into a lake and they can't swim, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's great to start early. Yeah, I, I, I believe in that. Honestly, like the most successful people, I agree with you. I think having a tough childhood is what, you know, brings out the best in you. And, you know, you know, it brings out the independence and the work ethic because, you know, you have, you know, no one else to depend on. And exactly for you specifically, I want to ask because like a theme that we've had on the podcast is, you know, some of us don't have the best relationship with our parents, you know. Um, maybe we don't have a mom or we don't have a dad or we don't have either of those. And, you know, we, we, I I think a lot of people get stuck in this, in this sort of like mindset that like they wish they had someone there for them. And I just want to ask you, how did you deal with the fact that you didn't have that parental figure when you were young and, you know, you didn't have someone to kind of like raise you and teach you everything? I think, um, when life happens, right? Yeah, And as you said, you know, I didn't have the perfect circumstances. But at the same time, there's been others that has had much worse, right? I wasn't, they didn't hit me and stuff like that. It wasn't abuse. Maybe there wasn't love. Mm-hmm. And that is something, you know, you got to figure out when you get older in life. Uh, but like in retrospect, what I could say to young people is, first of all, it's not your fault, Right. Yeah. So s- stop blaming yourself. Because it's like, it's so easy, you know, when, when, um, when you start to focus on the circumstances and you feel like victimized, it's going to paralyze you in a way. And if he's like, the race is already over, but it's not. Life is a, it's a marathon. It's a, it's actually a wonderful journey. And, and it's like with the right, and is everything is in mind. So, when you have tough memories you, and, and, and when you enter into something, you just remember when you, when you kind of, let's say you're giving an opportunity and you haven't had the best, you know, you have some traumas in the past. And it's very easy, you know, you start thinking, you know, this is opportunity. And then you start doubting yourself. And what happens, like all these negative memories comes back and it kind of reinforces that negative thing. So you, you, you just got to, and all that negative thinking, it comes from a feeling that you, you know, abandonment issue, you're not good enough. They didn't love you enough and stuff like that. But that's, that's not the reality. It's not your fault. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, start fresh and you're young. And it's like, if you're 15, 16, 17, it's like you, you started your life. There's so, there's so many possibilities to start over and over again. So just kind of focus on the passion. Don't think so much, like don't try to control what's going to happen because you, you don't have control in life. Life happens, right? But do your best job and opportunities are going to come. That's, you know, looking back, that's what happened. And mm-hmm. it, like statistically, a guy like myself, I shouldn't have what I have today. Right. If you look at it as this statistic, it shouldn't be possible. But it's I, I just worked hard, mm-hmm. and I didn't have. Is of course is my personality maybe that I'm. I'm able to focus. Like for many years, I was working, 
like six, seven days a week for weeks, almost months, you know, almost no days off, like 12 hour days, 14 hour days. And, you know, what was driving me was this survival instinct. So it's a good thing, you know, for me, it went to maybe a point where it went too far, but hey, that's why you have a psychiatrist, right? Mm, <laughs> you right. Get, and you meditate, you know, now I, I, I can almost put together programs to follow these steps. And it's going to be helpful for you. Pain is not necessary. It's not necessary that you go feel bad about yourself being in emotional pain because it's just all memories. It has nothing to do with reality. Like, just think about it. In a way, we already live in paradise. Like, Earth is giving us fruits, you know, you know, whatever seeds, there's fish, there's meat, whatever, right? But we are destroying it in a way, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like everything comes down to your mindset. So if you could start, you know, whatever triggers you have in life or, you know, you get into a situation, just kind of stop for a second and say, you know, this is just like an old memory popping up. It's hard when you're young, when you're middle in emotions, there's a lot of hormones running in the system. So I, I totally understand that. Yeah. But just, just go with it. Don't Don't think so much. You know, don't let, let me put it this way, define yourself, right? Follow mm-hmm. your heart, because that's what I did. And being a foster kid, I didn't have parents hanging over, like helicoptering over me and say, you can do this and that. So in a way, I don't have that experience. So I always had my had to have my own back, which was a good thing, but it made it possible for me to do whatever, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a responsible way. It wasn't that I'm doing crime, but it's like, just go for it. Yeah. And like, yeah. Everything I said is like, there, there is whatever you're going to do in life. There's no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. There's no app you can have. You, you need to learn stuff, but it's easy to learn stuff. If you have a, if you have a love for it. Yeah. Honestly, it's all like, it's, it's about your mindset and how you decide to use that pain you've experienced. And, you know, you could either learn from it and, use it as like fuel to be better or you could get caught up in it and you know you know thinking of it as like this is why as an excuse almost you know yeah and and you i think also as you go through in life you know the biggest traumas you have the biggest um you know failures what you call it whatever you want to find out that it was the biggest blessing that happened to you because what it did it forced you to change and do something else Mm-hmm. And this way, that's something else. Maybe it's what it's going to take you where you're supposed to go. I always say God has a plan for you, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll draw an example. Someone contact me on social media, start chatting. And, you know, he told me that he had like a tough upbringing and he was like picked on, on school. And this particular event happened like when it was 13, 14, you know, and he was like, very embarrassed. It's like you you take someone underpants and bring it up in them, you know, hang it up top somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the whole school laughed at him. And of course, like two things could have happened. It could totally have broken this kid down and he w- would, you know, just like a negative spiral. But instead, he was so, you know, of course he was crying, he was really embarrassed and everything, but he got mad. And when he got mad, he joined a boxing club. Mm-hmm. Like three years later, 
he was a, the junior world champion, like a European champion or world champion wow. in boxing. So, yeah. so I spoke to him and I said, isn't that wonderful? What do you mean? Like, wasn't it really wonderful that you had the whole school ridiculing you? I said, what do you mean? Like, look at what happened. Uh-huh. It's like, you think you were a victim, but it's just in the mindset, right? Look what, what they started. You went to the gym, you started boxing, and you became a world champion. He learned about discipline. So and that's something I want to add to this conversation. I think discipline is really great. It's great. You know, discipline you could get through, like going to a gym, lifting weights. By lifting mm-hmm. weights, you're going to learn, you know, nutrition, which is great. You know, so like help yourself. Like this guy, he became a world champion. And after that, you know, that led to other things. You know, I don't, I don't remember the details, but I, I did remember he, he spoke about that. And I told him, you know, what a wonderful thing that happened to you. It was the best thing that could have happened that they kind of picked on you because you took things in your hands. You kind of took advantage of an ego, like yourself being very angry, right? And you want to get revenge and you went to the gym and you let that feed. You needed that energy, right? To get it out. Yeah. And so, so it's like, stop feeling like a victim. It's like the world doesn't own you owe you anything there is no rights and i don't mean to i wouldn't say that the world necessarily is scary but the world doesn't owe you anything so mm-hmm. it's like instead try to be practical so okay so they picked on you but you know how can you become a better version of yourself it's not, it's not like you're gonna wake up one morning and everything is gonna be great no you gotta take you gotta do it on your own so if you look at every person that is famous or accomplished there's a lot of work behind it it's thousands of thousands of hours unpaid you know behind school books or you know at the gym or you know whatever like if you want to be a like a music artist there's no shortcuts so and also so when something bad seems to be happening to you have an open mind maybe it's going to lead to something else i have a saying that someone told told me i said like God's rejection is your protection, right? So mm-hmm. what it means, like if something falls through, let's say you get dumped in a relationship or whatever, and you might feel like you're being brushed off or anything, it's, it's like it could be the biggest blessing because you don't know who that person is, right? Maybe mm-hmm. something better is waiting around the corner. So you, you know, just look at it not so much from like a victim's perspective. It's just, it's just this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to relate back to no. It doesn't have to relate back to you necessarily. Mm. Yeah, maybe it just wasn't a fit. Exactly, you know, and I think discipline is obviously so important, and probably one of the biggest ways to build that discipline that like almost anyone can do pretty early on is just like exercise. I think exercise is a great way to build discipline. Like if you could go to the gym and like push yourself four days a week, like you could basically put that same type of discipline into Absolutely. almost why, why not six times a week? Exactly. <laughs> you could even push it to six. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so it's kind of you I can character. you know this is the thing. Every person walking around, they're perfect. There's there's a limitless of opportunities within themselves, right? It's like that the genes you, you it's like the genetics. 
it's just like a matter of try different things and maybe you're going to find what you're good at, right? But the yeah. problem is it's hard to see that in yourself. It's like very hard for self to see self. So it's like you're tough on yourself. But that's why you need to kind of be kind to yourself. I mean, be critical, but be kind. You don't need to kind of make things harder than they already are. But it's like, and give you self a chance, but be like a great version of you, you know, build your body, be get stronger, right? Eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you do your schoolwork. If you have um, like interest, you have passion for something, you know, dive into that. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on your passion. Exactly. And it's like, it's, it's not, in, I never followed anyone. Like I wasn't ever like a group person. So like learn to think independently and like try different things try to listen to different kind of musics you know everything from whatever punk rock to hip-hop to classical music it's good it's good for you it's about opening your mind to just everything possible in the world and even if you don't have a passion that's the beauty of you know trying everything because you might discover something you know you didn't even know you liked 100 percent. i think Every person that you meet, you could learn something from. Yeah. Every person walking around on this earth, they're good at something, right? So that means you can learn from that person. So it's like keep like an open mind, open heart, be curious. Don't do stupid stuff. Uh, that's not being curious, but it's like just keep an open mind and, and don't be kind of stuck in the ways that maybe your parents are thinking and i think a lot of kids feel that way they might feel like oh the parents they they have like old ways of thinking and they might have at the same time they have a lot of experience so it's a delicate balance you know you you could learn a lot from their mistakes or and successes too of course mm-hmm. exactly